Well, we are in the midst of a series that we're calling The Good Life, in which we're walking through Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, and we've just kind of started to get into it. We spent the first couple of weeks talking about context and what we need to kind of know as we approach uh, what Jesus has to say here in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And then we spent the last couple of weeks kind of getting into the text and looking at the Beatitudes at the beginning of Matthew chapter 5. And so that brings us to today, to verse 5 of Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus says, or where Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I, uh, I got a cartoon from somebody a couple of weeks ago. Um, and uh, we, we weren't quite to, the, uh, to this lesson yet, but it has to do with this lesson. And so uh, I appreciated him sending it to me. But uh, Matt, you can go ahead and put it up, uh, up on the screen. If, I don't know how well you can see this, um, but if you can't see it, or if you're watching online, you can't see it. Basically, it's two guys that are talking. One guy has his, his Bible out, and, and he says, as he's reading, he says, Oh, my goodness. And the other guy says, What? And the guy says, The Bible says one day the earth will be destroyed. And then the third guy listening says, do the meek know this? You may get that a little bit later. I won't name names, but maybe not everybody who's, who's gotten that uh, or looked at this has gotten that. But uh, we'll, we'll leave names out of it. Uh, if you don't get this, let me just give you an ex- explanation. Blessed are the meek, for they will what? Inherit the earth. One day the earth is going to be destroyed. Do the meek know this? Now you have to laugh, even if you don't find it funny, because I think it's funny. And the person who sent it to me took the time to send it to me. You are, man, you guys are spoiled. I have to come up with like great jokes every week for you guys. Um, I, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not that funny, as you know by now. I did, it does remind me of another cartoon, though, that I saw, and I don't have it up here, but uh, it was just this guy, and he's meant to represent someone who is meek, and so he's just very unassuming and looks very shy and, you know, just timid, meek, basically what typically we think of as meek, even though we're going to talk about that's not exactly the idea of meek uh, that the Bible portrays, but he's got a shirt on and it says, I know I don't look like much, but one day I'm going to inherit the earth. So, uh, you know, those are your two meek jokes for today. Um, You know, one of the things that I have uh, become acutely aware of as I study through the uh, the Sermon on the Mount, especially the Beatitudes at the first, uh, here in the first part of Matthew chapter 5, is, is just how intricately connected all of Scripture is meant to be connected, but how these, these Beatitudes that Jesus shares at the beginning of Matthew chapter 5, how distinctly connected they are to each other. For instance, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the first words uh, of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit. And we talked about how being poor in spirit means to have an awareness and, and an acceptance of our brokenness and our inability to fix our brokenness in and of ourselves. And then last week we talked about Jesus' words, blessed are those who mourn. And so that idea of mourning in the context of what Jesus is talking about has to do with us mourning over being poor in spirit and being broken, that we are broken, our world is broken in ways that we cannot fix, that we are sinful human beings. We, that's 
just who we are. We, we sin, and we can't fix our brokenness. We can't fix this world's brokenness in and of ourselves. We don't have the resources to do that. And then today we come to Jesus' words, blessed are the meek. And in many ways, that idea of meekness carries with it a, a humility that comes from our brokenness and realizing our brokenness and our powerlessness to fix that brokenness. And not only that, but I believe it also points forward to what we're going to talk about Next week, the next beatitude, where Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In essence, Jesus is saying, Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who understand and recognize their own powerlessness. Uh, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, not those who hunger and thirst for power and for having their way. But but they hunger and thirst for something different because they understand what the kingdom of God is all about. And we'll talk more about this next week. But when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we're hungering and thirsting for a righteousness that begins with us and in us. It's not that we don't hunger and thirst for righteousness in our world and for things to be made right, but it begins with us, because if it doesn't begin with us and in us, so often we, we import this anger and this judgmental attitude that doesn't need to be there. But when we start with ourselves, when we start with, as Jesus is going to talk about uh, a little bit later in the Sermon on the Mount, with the plank in our own eye, right? We've, we've heard that, that teaching of Jesus. When we start with the plank in our own eye instead of the speck in everybody else's eye, then it brings about just a, a, an attitude where we we are more meek. We're gentle with other people around us. We're, we're humble because we understand where we are and what God has done for us. And so we, we start by hungering and thirsting for our own righteousness. I really, really, really want to be the God, person that God wants me to be. And then from there, I can help to bring others closer to, to God. But let's back up for just a moment. We'll get there next week. Plenty of time to get to those passages. Uh, and talk about that word meek. Blessed are the meek. In the Greek, that word meek is most often translated as gentle throughout the New Testament. So when you read the word gentle, and we're going to, I'm going to share with you a few passages that talk about that. Most of the time, it's the word meek that is being used, the Greek word for, for meek. It's a, it's a gentleness and a mildness of spirit, or more poignantly, as you maybe have heard it said before, and some of you uh, might recognize this definition, meekness is really power under control. That's a good definition just in a, in a larger scope for meekness. It is power under control. In fact, in the original language, the word meek is the same word that's used for bridling an animal, bridling a horse, or taming a wild animal. In, in other words, it involves the process of, of teaching or training the animal. And it's not, if you, some of you have been around horses or other animals, or it, it's not that the animal is powerless now, right? I mean, the, the animal still has power, but it's under the control of the trainer or the owner, whoever it is that's doing the bridling and, and, and the training. And so for us, when we talk about a meek person, we're not talking about some spineless wimp or anything like that. We're talking about a person whose life has been brought under the influence and the control of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And, a God, and God is in control of their life. And as we read through Scripture, we learn that meekness is, is really commanded for us as followers of Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus says, blessed are the meek, he's not just sprinkling blessings into this crowd of people 
uh, who some of them are meek and some of them are not so meek. Like, you know, like the, there's the meek on one side and then there's the, the bold on the other side. And so Jesus is just sprinkling this blessing. You know, I understand that some of you are meek and you're kind of introverts and, and you have a hard time kind of leaning into life and getting stuff done. And I want you to know that there's some encouragement for you meek people. I, you're not going to be world changers. You, you know, you, 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 have, you know, have this mild-mannered nature to you and you're often down downtrodden and and while God would really like you to man up and 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 do a better job in the meantime God is is gracious and so I have a blessing for you you poor meek people that's not at all what God is saying here this is not just this is not in your notes but but maybe you want to write this down this is not just because I want I want us to understand this this is not just a blessing for what is okay this is a blessing and a call to become in other words, this is not God saying, and it's similar to what the poor in spirit, we talked about that, like we're all poor in spirit, right? And so it's a, it's a recognition of that. And so as Jesus approaches this and says, blessed are the meek, this is not a, 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 a blessing for those who are already meek. This is a call to become meek. This is a call for you and I to exemplify this in our lives. And for instance, the very next verse, he's not just saying those of you who hum- happen to hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be filled, right? Because you, you are the ones who happen to hunger and thirst for it, right? Because, you know, the rest of you, there's no real blessing because, you know, you're not hungering and thirsting for righteousness, righteousness, but you don't really care anyways, and so it doesn't really matter. No, he's saying this is what is normative or ought to be normative for a Christian walking the Christian life and following Jesus. And certainly we learn that as we progress through the rest of Jesus's teachings and the rest of the New Testament. For instance, I said to share with you some scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, and we'll go through these really quickly. Uh, if you want to write them down, they're in your notes on the Bible app. Uh, Paul says, be completely humble and gentle. That word for gentle is the word meek. I underlined all the words that are where it would, would be meek. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness or meekness, and, God, and patience. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And I could go on and on and on with scriptures uh, in the New Testament. And so meekness is to be normative for those of us who follow Jesus Christ. So, right, that should be the end of the lesson. We just be meek, right? Um, the hard part is it's easier said than done. It really is a challenge for us, especially in the culture that we live in. Our culture isn't exactly known for meekness and gentleness. We don't really have avenues in our culture that celebrate meekness and gentleness. In fact, in many ways, uh, it, it's the opposite. You know, you, you don't get on the, the cover of a magazine. You don't get celebrated because you are meek and gentle and you ace the, the meekness and gentleness test. In fact, we live in a culture that in many ways makes a mockery of those who are weak. Or, see, I'm already making, who are meek, not weak, but meek, and who have this gentle disposition. They, they celebrate, our world celebrates the opposite. And sometimes it's not 
It's not done overtly or even consciously, but we're just kind of conditioned to think a certain way about meekness and gentleness and how that translates or doesn't translate to leadership and getting things done in the way that we're supposed to operate. And the reality is, listen, meekness is going to be a greater challenge for some of us uh, than, than others. Some of you have a, 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 a more of that disposition towards you, and it's, it's not a bad thing at all, but you, you have that more than, than others do. I, you know, for, for me, that's a, it's a tough thing sometimes, um, and we're going to talk about, so I, I struggle with a lot of these things, you know, with, with how I, I push through things, and I, stepping back as we're going to talk about, uh, because meekness is just not a natural disposition for our hearts and our minds. Now, I will say, that there are some individuals who naturally exhibit some of these characteristics of meekness and gentleness. But, but Jesus is advocating this as a quality for all of us. It's not just like this is, this is your spiritual gift. And, and so the rest of us who don't have that spiritual gift, well, you know, you don't have to worry about me being meek. No, Jesus is saying this ought to be normative, something that God needs to develop in your life, regardless of whether you are naturally inclined to it or not. In Philippians, or excuse me, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul speaks of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Those are fruits that the Spirit desires and ought to be cultivating in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. Guess what's on that list? Meekness. Gentleness is how it's translated, but it is the word for meekness. That's what God wants to cultivate in our lives. And so ultimately, we truly become gentle and meek people as we yield ourselves to the Lord and let His Spirit work in our lives. And so, listen, it's going to be harder for some of us than for others, but it has to be possible, right? It has to be possible, even for those of us who may be more alpha-type personalities, to learn the way of meekness and gentleness. So let's go back to Jesus' words. Kind of look at the context again in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus starts out, blessed are the poor in spirit. And so we see our broken condition and our helplessness and our powerlessness in the face of it. Blessed are those who mourn. We grieve over that and we mourn over our broken condition, over the broken condition of our world in, in which we live, which causes us to hopefully repent and turn back to God. And then blessed are the meek. This spiritual poverty, this deep sorrow result in a meek, gentle, yielding spirit which submits and accepts God's will wholly and completely. And so in essence, the meek spirit is one that is in total submission to God and his will for their lives and for the world around us. And certainly the greatest example of this is Jesus himself, right? Matthew chapter 21, verse 5, quoting from the prophet Zechariah, Matthew refers to Jesus as gentle. He says, see, your king comes to you gentle. This is your king, and yet he comes to you gentle. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul refers to the gentleness and the kindness of Christ. Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, I am gentle and humble in heart. So let me ask you, was Jesus weak? No. Absolutely not. Was Jesus tolerant of evil and sin? Of course, he certainly was not. But what Jesus did was he totally yielded his will to that of the Father. He emptied himself. Philippians chapter 2 talks about that. He emptied himself of his divine rights, of his divine privileges, and he became a servant to his Father and to mankind, to all of us. He wasn't concerned about self. He was concerned about others. He was gentle in dealing with the lost. He's called a friend of sinners. Jesus was strong 
but his strength was controlled and it was tempered by reverence for God and love for people. And so in essence, to be meek is, allow, is to allow God to be in control. The meek are not easily provoked or irritated. They're, they're not humble, or excuse me, they are humble. They're not proud. They're not self-sufficient. They're not stubborn. They're not unmanageable or ill-tempered. They allow God to take control. They allow God to train them and teach them. They become teachable. In other words, here's the, the first um, lesson or first notes in your um, point in your notes. Meekness is, in essence, self-control empowered by and directed by the Holy Spirit. That's a good working definition for us for what it means to be meek. It is is self-control empowered and directed by the Holy Spirit. Those who are meek are sensitive to the will of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. They keep their heads about them and they use their intellect and their energy for God's glory. And when God calls them to be bold, guess what? This, again, we could spend all day talking about all the differences. When God calls the meek to be bold, guess what? They step up and are bold. There's not a dichotomy here between being meek and being bold, but it's it's a meekness of spirit. But when they are called to be bold, they are meek enough and humble enough to allow God to use them, submissive enough to be used even in times where they are needed to be bold, teachable enough that they don't hesitate to step up to the plate. They don't, they don't know it all. They admit that they don't know it all, but they're more than willing to follow the one who does. Meekness is following the leading of the Holy Spirit and the teachings of God. Again, being directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so a lot to take in. I know I'm trying to do as much as I can in a short amount of time, but I have five lessons for you. I know i pounded your uh, notes full of stuff. So if you don't have that, they are in the back. If you have a notes uh, page, if you don't usually grab those, I would encourage you to do that because it's easy to follow along and take notes. But I have five lessons for you when it comes to being meek uh, this morning that I, I think are good lessons for us to, to kind of take in and soak in. The first one is this. Meekness is being teachable, not unreachable. Meekness is being teachable, not unreachable. Meekness is having that teachable spirit. Again, those who are meek don't pretend that they know it all. They look for opportunities to learn. As Christians, we ought to be constantly looking for opportunities to learn more about Jesus. How do we grow? How do we learn more about him? How do we learn more about this, this life that he calls us to live? You know, I've said this before, and I, and I will say it again. I'm so glad that you are here this morning. I'm so glad that you've come to worship with us or if you're watching online. But if this is the only Bible you get throughout the week, you are starving yourself spiritually. I mean, I mentioned our kids haven't, you know, they've been to school like two times this week. You know, how many of us send our kids or teach our kids once a week? Or, or how many of us eat once a week? I probably should only eat once a week, but I mean, you know, we feed ourselves in other ways. And if we're not feeding ourselves when it comes to growing in our knowledge of Jesus Christ, then we are starving ourselves spiritually. Look again at Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you, he says, and learn from me. For I am gentle or meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus says, learn from me. Learn about me. Learn what I desire for your life. But in order for you to learn, you've got you've to be teachable. Because if we get to the point where we are 
unteachable and unreachable, where we think we've got it all figured out, and the only reason I'm here is because someone's dragged me here, or this is the right thing to do. I'll listen for a few minutes. You know, preacher's really, you know, really comical, and he tells really good jokes, and that's about the only thing I get out of it, right? Um, But I've got it all figured out. I don't need anything else. Then what can God really do through us and in us? But rather, every day our prayer ought to be, Lord, teach me more about you today. Help me to learn something today that will make me useful in your kingdom. Help me to learn something about you that I can pass on to others, share on and uplift and encourage others and bring them closer to you. Every day we ought to be searching our hearts to continuously be cultivating that teachable spirit. Secondly, here's the second lesson. Meekness is about being gentle, not judgmental. Meekness is about being gentle, not judgmental. I've said this before. I'll probably say it again at some point about God. God loves you just the way you are. He loves you just the way you are. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, He loves you just the way you are. But He loves you too much to let you stay that way. He loves you just the way you are, but He loves you too much to let you stay that way. And when it comes to his followers, we also are called to love people where they are. We don't pick and choose, well, you are worthy of my love, but you are not worthy of my love. We are called to love people regardless of where they are. Now, we also love them too much to let them stay that way. We love them enough to share the truth of sin, to share the truth of God's love and grace, but we do so with gentleness not judgmentalness. I don't know if that's a word, but I just made it up and I'm using it anyways. And again, this is a lot of what Jesus, I brought up this passage earlier, this is a lot of what Jesus is talking about when he talks about the the speck in our brother's eye, the plank in our own eye, and, and getting the plank out of our own eye before we start worrying about the speck in our brother's eye. Now, just to be clear, and we'll get to this when we talk about that passage, Jesus does say to be sure to take the speck or the plank out of your eye so that you can then do what? You remember what he says? Take help to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So there's still an element where you and I are called to love each other and encourage each other out of sin and into a better way of living. But what so often happens, and maybe you've noticed this in your own life, I know I have in mine, is that when we lean into that critical spirit, when we lean into that spirit of judgment instead of gentleness, We tend to judge others by their actions, and we tend to judge ourselves by our intentions, right? Well, this is what I meant by that. This is what you did. We judge ourselves by our intentions and others by their actions, and so we condemn others and we excuse ourselves. But the reality is when we do some self-examination and and we, we think about and look at the plank in our own eye, I think we're much more likely to be meek and gentle, and must, much less likely to be judgmental. That's what Jesus, I think, in many ways is saying. Here's a third lesson. Meekness is about acting, not reacting. Meekness is about acting, not reacting. And by that, I mean, what do we do when bad things happen? Do we react or, or do we take the initiative? H- how do we react in the midst of hurt and pain And things that happen to us. I often think about what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. He says, do not repay, (coughs) excuse me, do not repay anyone evil for evil. We live in a world that does exactly what Paul tells us not to do. 
And in many ways, we as Christians operate in the same way. Paul says, do not repay anyone evil for evil, and do not be overcome by evil, because that's what happens when you start repaying evil for evil, but, be ov- but overcome evil with good. Here's a fact of life, and many of you have already learned this. If you haven't learned this yet, you will at some point. People will hurt you, even people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ at times will hurt you. People will offend you. People will cause you pain. People will do you wrong. That doesn't make it right. It's just a reality. How we respond to those times, to those hurts, those pains, those wrongs done to us, matters. Just because those things happen to you does not give us a right to respond in kind, right? What is our normal reaction when people hurt us? To retaliate? To get even? Do we respond in anger? Or do we respond with love and grace? Do we respond with forgiveness and kindness? Do we respond with meekness and gentleness? Now again, this isn't about meekness, or excuse me, this isn't about weakness. See, I'm mixing up my words. It's easy to do that. This is not about weakness. This is not about being a doormat and allowing people to walk all over you. Meekness is a matter of choice. To be meek is a matter of choice. And remember, meekness is power under control. But you think about it. When we fly off the handle, when we seek to get even, when we allow our emotions to get the best of us, when we seek to exact a wrong that was done to us, we've lost control. We we have completely lost control. And so often it's just so much easier to be motivated and respond with anger, isn't it? I mean, it's just so much easier to get even than it is to be meek and gentle. It's so much easier to respond with anger and judgment rather than with love and grace and meekness and gentleness. But as Christians, we're called to respond with patience and love and kindness. Well, I think about what Paul writes in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Many of you have probably this up on your wall somewhere. You have it memorized or you you know, what's one of those, those passages that we often think about? Paul describes love, what it looks like. And I think this is a good picture of meekness as well. And what we're choosing to be like means that we respond with patience and kindness. We're not envious or boastful or prideful. Uh, we're not rude. We're not self-seeking. We're not easily angered. And as Paul says, we keep no record of wrongs. And so how are we going to respond? We can either react to others out of anger and revenge, or we can take control of our emotions and act in love and grace and meekness towards others. The choice is yours. Maybe that's another point that you have a choice in it. You don't have a choice in how others treat you, but you have a choice in how you respond. And so act, don't just react. In the same light, here's the fourth lesson. Meekness is about understanding, being understanding, not demanding. Meekness is about being understanding, not demanding. Listen to what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2. I brought this up earlier. It's a beautiful passage, but here's what he writes in verses 3 through 5. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You know, when it comes to our rights and our privileges, nobody wants to be last, right? Everybody wants to be first. Everybody wants to have their voice heard, their opinion um, 
you know, counted as significant. Everyone wants to, 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 to have what they think and what they feel uh, acknowledged by those around them, not to be discounted. But when things don't go our way, how do we behave? Not just how do we respond in, in, in anger or, or in, in, in seeking to get even, but, but how do we respond with, with our attitude? Are, are we understanding when things don't go our way? Or are we, are we more apt to respond in, in demanding ways? Do we, do we push to get to the front? Or do we help others get ahead? Are, are we caught up in getting our own advantage? Or do we forget about ourselves long enough to lend a helping hand? You know, I've talked about this before, and I, I'm still growing in my understanding of this, and also in my recognition of this, because we can understand things. We don't always rec- or live by them and, um, and, and totally grasp them as far as how we live. But when you and I pray for something like patience or self-control, what we'd oftentimes like God for, to do for us is just take like a magic wand and immediately give us patience and self-control, right? So, God, I want patience and self-control. Oh, okay, here you go. And all of a sudden, I'm a patient and self-controlled person, right? That's not how it works. So what often happens when you and I pray for things is not that God just splashes over a magic wand over our, our lives and our hearts, but what he does is gives us opportunities to exhibit patience and self-control through our trust in him, right? So God's not just going to wave a magic wand over your life and give you patience and self-control, but he's going to give you opportunities and say, here's an opportunity. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond? Are you going to trust me and allow my spirit to work in you to help you be patient and kind? Or are you just going to respond the way that you've always responded? Patience is a learned ability. As a parent, you find that out very quickly, right? Self-control is a learned ability. So is meekness. Meekness is a learned ability. And in the end, again, maybe this is the theme of the day as much as anything, we have a choice. It's not about being born meek or not born meek. You have a choice as to how you are going to respond, and so do I. We can choose to be rude and crude, or we can choose to be patient. We can choose to be helpful, or we can choose to be hurtful. We can choose to be a blessing, or we can choose to be a pain in the neck. We can choose to be self-centered, or we can choose to look out for the interests of others. We can choose to be understanding and to not always have to have our way, or we can choose to be demanding and to put our needs above others. The choice is ours. And then fifth and lastly, meekness is about being tender without surrender. Now, I want to be real clear here. I am not talking when I say this, this phrase, I'm not talking about us surrendering to God here, because I feel like we've already kind of established that. At the heart of meekness is a humility that submits wholly and completely to the will of God. So I'm not talking about surrender here as it relates to God. What I'm talking about surrender here is as it relates to our convictions and our beliefs, because here's another fact for you today. You can't please everybody. Some of you already know that reality. Some of you feel like you still have to prove that to yourselves over and over every single day. You cannot please everybody. You're not going to see eye to eye with everybody. I was reading an article not too long ago that talked about ministers and how they are liked or not liked, and, you know, you're you're not going to please everybody. Um, There are some of you who, you know, I, I hope you 
at least tolerate me, but there's some of you who don't, most of you probably just tolerate me. Um, but there, there's always going to be in whatever group of people you are in, someone who doesn't like you or someone, you know, or people who, who do like you. But this article, uh, it was interesting. One line that stuck out to me was this. It said, the fact is that 50% of people are happy when you come and 50% are, of people are happy when you go. So that's probably the reality of things. But um, no one will please everybody. No two people are going to see eye to eye on everything. But the test of maturity is how do we handle those disagreements? Meekness is not compromising our convictions. Meekness is not tolerance, okay? We, we, we live in a world, again, I think that's more, that's more weakness. Weakness is tolerance. Meekness is being able to stand firm in our convictions, but not also have to be demanding or respond in anger, but to be patient and kind and loving with those around us. You can be tender without having to surrender your convictions and your beliefs. Meekness, again, is not weakness, but it's handling conflict with gentleness. I think about what the writer of Proverbs says in chapter 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Meekness involves being gentle and tender, but that does not mean surrendering and compromising on our convictions and our beliefs. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. A little later on in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says these words to his disciples. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. And what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit a soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You know, in many ways, being meek is all about denying ourselves and losing our lives for Christ. That's why there are some who consider this to be the most difficult of all the Beatitudes when you really break it down and you really think about it. I mean, in many ways, it's, it's not super difficult. It, it requires a humbling when you think about being poor in spirit and that attitude. Mourning, you know, seems to be kind of easy in some ways to, you know, to mourn over the things that are going on in our world. To, to be meek truly grasp and to live out what that means, that's tough because it involves total submission to the will of God. The proud person says, I I don't, God, I don't need you. I'm good enough. I can get by on my own. Even the proud Christian says, God, I'll I'll take this and this and this, but I can pretty much be self-sufficient in most other areas of my life. I don't really need you. I know it's good, but I don't really need you. The gentle and meek person, however, says, God, I recognize my, my weakness, and I realize I have nothing of value to offer you. But I'm thankful you love me enough to give your son to die for me. And so now I give my life to you, and I humbly submit to you and to your will. And here's the beautiful part. When we submit ourselves in meekness to God and to those around us, when we deny ourselves and we lose our lives for him, we actually find our lives in him. After all, 
What good is it for someone to get to the point where they're unreachable, have a critical spirit that reacts in anger and judgment, to have a demanding me-first attitude, to gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? Blessed are the meek. That's what Jesus says, not me. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 